Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome, we are the Armchair Experts as we get deeper, sluggishly and very slowly into the official trade period. Day three in the books, hashtag Armchair Experts to get involved at 7AFL, Mitch Cleary, Adam Cooney, there's a lot going on and I've got to say Adam, before we get to Mitch to try and explain what has happened, I'm coming to you first because I believe that there's one person to be congratulated for today's mini mega trade, it's got to be you you are the mega trade expert, and all of a sudden we see four clubs and two thousand draft picks exchanging hands, mate. So congratulations again. Even while retired, you are stamping your footprint on the trade period. That's the power I have over this industry, Cameron. When things are looking a bit slow and sluggish, I throw out mega trade after mega trade. List managers, we know they all listen in to trade radio during the day, and finally they've caught on that the mega trade is the way to go. And this makes perfect sense to me, this four-way trade. Mitch, I'll get you to explain it for the people out there, but I am all over it. Well, Adam, when I spoke to the clubs about this deal, they did tell me as part of this story that you were the main genius behind it. So uh, you do have to take some credit. It's four clubs involved, as you said, Adelaide, Melbourne, St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs. The biggest takeaway from this for me is... Adelaide wanted that pick 17 from the Mm. Bulldogs. Instead, Melbourne has got it. So the Demons didn't have a first rounder. Brisbane already had theirs. So Melbourne's now got that first rounder from the Dogs. It means that Jordan Dawson move this time tonight, guys, is actually further away than it was this time last night. So that's the the biggest takeaway. The Dogs get extra points to match the bidding for Sam Darcy. And you'll see the Crows part of that. They get a future first from Melbourne. The Demons are going to be top four next year. So that's going to be pick 15, 16, 17, no doubt. But... They also got their first rounder of their own. So they've got two first rounders next year, the Crows. I reckon that means Jack Lacocious is on well and truly for next mm. year. The, the Crows just arming themselves to go bang for the South Australian who falls out of contract in 2022. So could this possibly mean, Mitch, that the Jordan Dawson deal may fall over? Because uh, you, I would be thinking that maybe they use that future first to get Dawson in. But it's going to be equivalent to, say, a pick 17, which has been often up for, for Dawson anyway. So how do they get it done now? It could easily be. Adam, they could easily use that, that future pick, no doubt. Or they could use their, their own future pick next year and split it. Uh, obviously, that Crows future pick is probably going to be in the top 10 next year, given they're most likely going to miss finals. But that 17 this year is what uh, was going to be part of the Dawson deal. It's obviously not going to be that now. So the Crows are going to have to be inventive. There's always the threat of the preseason draft. Clubs don't like to do it, but we've got less than a week now until the deadline. It's just there floating around in the background. All right, hang on. So you're well and truly across this more than almost anyone, Mitch. Is there any, is there any academy kids? Is there any Sydney Swans academy kids next year that are going to be a high draft pick? I know it's a long way out, but is there is there a possibility that they might be a bit more willing to accept a future first rounder from Adelaide. And I agree. I think Melbourne should be top four next year. So we're talking in that 
that 15 to 18 range. But if you need the points, it's a little more valuable in 12 months' time. Is that a possibility? Potentially. I don't know of any Sydney kids that are making a big claim for next year, Cam. In saying that, we've seen clubs who have got academy kids actually trade out of the first round. So that pick mm-hmm. may not be that uh, of interest for the Swans if they were to want that because we saw what the Pies did. They already prepared that Nick Dacos was going to be an early bid. So that first rounder that they had for this year was going to be sucked up. So they moved it on. So clubs with, with, with academy kids don't like to have that. I think the Crows and the Swans, speaking to parties around this one today, uh, this is no close to the Jordan Dawson one. I think this is one we're going to be talking about right until the deadline. Adam, would you, would you accept this? Would you? No, I'll ask you yes. this. Adelaide says to Sydney, we will, we will trade you pick four for pick 12 and Jordan Dawson. So Adelaide hold on to a first rounder in pick 12 and they get Jordan Dawson, who everyone agrees is going to still probably play his best for your head. Sydney get that pick four that they heavily uh, you know, coveted in those early discussions and Adelaide have pick 12. So they trade down but get Dawson in. Does that at all work for you, Adam? No. No chance. Okay. You want to keep your top three or four picks um, at the very least, even to pick five. I think you want to get the best um, five players in the draft with those top mm-hmm. picks. So I wouldn't be giving up that. Uh, I mean, anything sort of around pick 10 to to pick 15, I think, would suffice. So Adelaide have obviously traded that away today. So, um, yeah, that's why it gets really confusing now. And, um, we, again, we spoke to Charlie Gardner yesterday um, and asked if there was going to be a player involved and he didn't completely rule that out in the trade. So they're going to have to get creative now that they've given that um, pick 17 away. But if you've got pick four, you have to do everything you can to keep that. Just on the Swans, guys, uh, Peter Laddams, I expect to request a trade formally to the Swans in the next day or two. Hawthorne met with him. They were keen. but I think they've pulled out and shown less interest now around Peter Laddams. So I think 12 months after asking for the first time for Peter Laddams at Port Adelaide, I reckon they'll get their man. I reckon that'll be a deal we'll watch in the next uh, day or two. Who's the number one ruckman at Sydney next year? Hickey, who they got relatively cheaply 12 months ago. Now, Port Adelaide won't be concerned because they got a lira lira as part of that. But Hickey's their number one ruckman. Isn't isn't Laddams going to be sitting behind him at least for a year or two? I don't think Laddams is that worried, Cam. I don't think he, he cares that much about it for a year or two. He wants to be the long-term ruckman, no doubt. But Hickey's 31 or 32. That, that'll mm, come eventually. Sure. I think Laddams is one of these ruckmen that can play forward. That's what has attracted the Swans to his flexibility. Yes, he'll get a lot of ruckman. It's plus Hickey, he was injured a couple of times this year. I don't think we, we can expect all 22 games out of him. So I think it's a good move for the Swans. I think he would have been a great fit at the Hawks. Uh, but it looks like they might have their, their options uh, elsewhere. Maybe a potential a Max Lynch at Collingwood. There's definitely a pit, uh, spot for Peter Laddams in that Sydney forward line. With with Sam Reid, the contract situation still um, yet to be played out. He's not signed yet. So if Peter Laddams comes in, that's looking ominous for Sam Reid to possibly move on to another club. But you're right. If he does have to bide his time and play 30% in the ruck and 70% forward over the next year or two and then become their number one after that, he's on pretty good cash over the next couple of years and he might get to play next to Buddy Franklin and get some of his crumbs. So it's not all bad. And the other part of this, guys, is the Dean Cox coaching aspect. I think that's been a big part of the play. He gets to work with one of the legendary co- uh, ruckmen of the competition in Dean Cox. So I think that might have had a bit to uh, bit to be involved in this. So, so that be a second-round pick? Potent- early second, maybe even late first. I-, I think the power and the leverage around this one, Adam, is just not there, given clubs know that they've sort of initiated this move for Laddams. It hasn't been Laddams. It's been more led by the power. So it's, it's not as bad as the Trelaw one last year. But when clubs get the a vision that it's more the club driving a player out, I don't think they can ask for, for too much. 
Hey, you know, if if a player goes to the preseason draft, and you mentioned it, Mitch, that clubs don't like doing it, I understand why, but it's also a little bit of a risk involved. Now, if you look at the preseason draft, um, yeah, Collingwood are obviously going to be there in front of Adelaide. I'm talking Jordan Dawson here. And then uh, uh, who is it? The Gold Coast Suns, who, who certainly cannot. We'll get to Will Brody in a moment. They certainly won't put their hand up. And uh, it'll be very rare for a club to even go one step further and say we're taking a kid who's requested to go back home to South Australia. But there's, so there's, there's financial components of which you put on a particular player that the other teams have to then satisfy before they can draft the guy. Does other stuff come into that? Like, legitimately, someone suggested it to me today, and it sounds ridiculous, but I'm going to raise it. Of course, it sounds ridiculous. Well, (laughs) Jordan Dawson can put in his his contract stipulation that he wants to spend four four days a week in Adelaide, to which then if North Melbourne had to get him in a pre-season draft, they have to satisfy that component that wouldn't work. Is that how finicky these these pre-season kind of stipulations can get, or is it just purely financial? I might need to check that out. I wasn't aware of all those stipulations. I thought it was financial and terms. But Luke Ball was the one that started this all those years yep. ago. He put the, the money in the terms on his head when he went from St Kilda and, and went to the Pies via the, the draft. So I'll have to check that one out, Cam. The issue with the preseason draft is Jack Martin could go to Carlton because they had stacks of room in their salary cap. The Blues can't get Chero this year because they – have got mm. Hawthorne and North Melbourne ahead of them in the preseason draft. Both of those clubs have got more cash. So if the Blues were to send Chero to the preseason draft, one of those teams would come in before him. The benefit of the Dawson one is, well, he's only going to South Australia, most likely. So the, the Crows have got the pick before the power, obviously, yeah. in the preseason draft. So they've got room in their cap. So they can actually put all that money early and make sure Dawson gets there. So that's the threat that's in front of the Swans right now for Dawson. If I was North Melbourne, I would legitimately think that about Patrick Lipinski. If he ended up in the preseason draft and, and Collingwood are high, so there's not a – in fact, there's only North Melbourne in front yeah. of them. But that's something that they would probably have to look at. There is one thing to have a player who doesn't want to beat your football club. And I guess in Jordan Dawson, it's another one to have one and make him move to a state he doesn't want to go to. <laughs> Hashtag armchair experts to get involved at 7AFL. Just let me get this right. Gold Coast are trading a midfielder, Will Brody, who is a high draft pick. And pick 19 for fresh air. Well, they'll get something back. It's like the big first one we spoke about last week. That was about to go down, Cam. The Gold Coast uh, pick 19 and McPherson in North Melbourne for a future second. But McPherson balked at it at the last minute. I think he wants to stay at the Suns now and, and prove his worth. It's basically a salary dump. It's to ensure the Suns have got this 19 from the AFL as a freebie. So they're almost seeing it as, well, mm. if we can use it and offload the money, it helps our salary cap scenario. You might think, well, how are they in this scenario right now? The Suns, given they're not contending and they're, they're well off the pace, but they've had to overpay a lot of guys. Their cap is a little bit messy at the moment. So this will help them free up a, a bit of money around it. Brody's on good cash. It's been a back-ended deal. Uh, they will get something back from the Dockers as part of it. Uh, but uh, that pick 19 all of a sudden has got pretty high value. So we've been critical of the Gold Coast Suns about playing Darcy McPherson. Um, at that 400, and then also mm-hmm. the 600 going forward um, for Will Brody. So, it, but you've got to understand that that 100% of the salary cap has to be paid over the three years. So you've got to pay that money to someone. And I think McPherson was on a back ended deal yeah. as well, and Will Brody might have been too. So they might have averaged out at say 250 a year or whatever it is. So while it looks dire and disaster yeah. in terms of planning for the Gold Coast Suns, that's 
the reality of it is you've got to pay your money to someone. And these guys who looked like they were up-and-coming players two years ago unfortunately haven't come on and now they're going to... It's a it's a mini Collingwood situation, we understand that. It's a mini salary dump, not to the extent of the pies, but um, you can understand why they have done it. And you're expecting a player like Will Brody two years ago to come on and be a mainstay in the midfield. It just hasn't worked out. I, I don't know if I'm being unrealistic here, but I'm really excited about Fremantle. I think they had a really good year this year. They only, they flirted with making the eight. They were right there and only just missed out. They're, they're best and fairest in, in Darcy. Obviously had an outstanding year. You talk about Sarong, you talk about Brayshaw in the middle of the ground. If you win Britain now, Will Brody isn't necessarily at Adam Chera's level, but he's a guy who at times has shown glimpses to be able to play really good football. Jordan Clark, I know there's some toing and froing, but Jordan Clark, will end up there. And if you can ease it, if David Mundy can have another go, and I don't want to raise David Mundy's name because it means that Adam Cooney can say this. Same draft as me and still going, <laughs> tick, ticking along quite well. And I'm up to about 101.5 kilograms as it sits. But it, it allows uh, Nat Fife to go forward a little bit. I know his conversion rate sometimes been a little questionable, but if you're not playing as a full-time midfielder, does it make it a bit easier? I, I just like what Justin Longmuir and this Fremantle team are doing, even when they're losing some guy like Adam Chera, and they're going to have, you'd think, at least two first-round top 10 picks. The biggest concern for the Dockers is they can't score. Longmuir said that in his best and fairest speech. They've got a good defence. They can hold up behind the ball. Their midfield's emerging, even though they're losing Chera. They need Lobb or one of these guys to, to really set the world on fire. And the money that Lobb's on, that's why it sort of got to this discussion where Fremantle would be, I think, happy to entertain a deal for him. If it got to that, I don't think there's any suitors out there in a significant way for his money, given that he's on 700 by two to run. It's good cash. They just need someone in attack to fire. Michael Walters is the big one, I reckon. He's not going. We're not, we shouldn't be talking about him in a trade sense, but no. he's the one with his upside. He had a really poor season. I think he's the one that could uh, spark him next year. And that's why I think it's... Yeah, Walters and Henry... Yeah. Didn't have good smalls. I mean, and... Yeah, and they've got a huge amount of upside. We know what Michael Walters can do. Wanted to push up in the midfield um, to have more minutes in there, but with Brayshaw, Sarong and Chera, the development of those guys, um, and also Nat Fife and David Mundy still playing um, big minutes in there, that's squeezing back to that half forward. But he, he's got to turn his mindset around now, and, and along with Henry, to be those two really dangerous key smalls. And then Tabernar, if he can have an injury, free season, and then if Lobb does stay down there, it's a pretty dangerous uh, looking forward line. You're right, they just maybe a little bit of run from Jordan Clark off half back and pinpoint some ball use uh, forward. But if Fremantle end up with six and eight, Jordan Clark and Will Brody at the end of this trade period, I think they'll be pretty happy with where they sit. Hey Mitch, you mentioned it earlier about the mega trade and or the mini mega trade. I don't want to again suggest that this is Adam Cooney. Yes, but Copyright. Yeah, you mentioned Lukosius. Is there any chance Adelaide try and do it now? Yeah, you just say, hey, you know what? Here you go. We've got pick four Gold Coast. we got this. Does that at all help when it comes to the salary cap and the restriction of players knowing in 12 months? Do they use that as leverage at all or do they wait the 12 months out and, and see what happens? I think they might wait 12 more months to see if Lukosh can have one really good extra season and think his value might be worth a little bit more. I agree with all the salary cap. Lukosius, King, these guys are on good cash for the players in their third and fourth years at the moment and upcoming, Cam. But I just can't see the Suns allowing him to walk at the moment in the state they're in. Could be wrong. I agree with you, actually. I think I would do that deal, knowing that he, he could well be on the move next year and you, you stock up. But uh, I think the Suns have been too heavily, uh, too heavily smashed. They need something at least to play for them next year. 
Before what if Isaac go... Rankin floats? Sorry, Cam. What if Isaac Rankin rockets no. past Jack Lacocious next year and has a bumper year? Well, maybe the Crows could go after both of them, Adam. That's how we're, we're looking Ooh. at this one. They're both South Australians, both out of contract until 2022. I think the next one at the Suns that signs out of Lacocious, King, and Rankin will be a really curious watch. I think that's one to watch over summer. What is Rankin worth right now, Adam, in your mind? After what you've seen, uh, we know how – what's he worth? Trade uh, value? Not a lot Not a lot yet. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, Lacocious would be worth slightly more. He's got his um, inconsistencies as well, Jack Lacocious. Once he realises that he doesn't have to hit that pinpoint 50-metre dart kick every time he gets the footy, he's going to become a much more consistent player. I think people have said that he's a great kick, so he, he thinks that every time he gets the footy, he's got to hit the miraculous one. Sometimes you just do the basic things and he'll become a much better footballer. I think he'll have a better year next year than Rankin, but he needs to get fitter, Isaac Rankin, um, and, and become find a way to stay involved more in games. But, I mean, in terms of um, trade value, if you are looking at that, they're going to pay a high price because they've got serious amounts of talent, both of them, and they can also have that lure of going back home. So that's why you've got to pay them uh, their money to keep them. Hashtag armchair experts to get involved at 7AFL. You alluded to Tyson Stengel last night, Mitch. The news developing today and Eddie Betts going to go to Geelong in some type of role. What can you expand on both of those and how closely linked is one decision with the other around Eddie Betts and Stengel maybe ending at the Cattery? Very close, Ken. They met with Tyson Stengel today, the Cats. So they've joined the Bombers in the race for him. Collingwood showed some interest at the mid-season, so they could be around the mark as well. And I think Richmond are keeping tabs on him given he spent their time there previously. But Betts and Stengel are super close. They speak on FaceTime every day. I'm talking every day. It's almost like your relationship with Coons, Cam. It's mm-hmm. that, that's how close it is. And... With Eddie Betts going to Geelong, I think Tyson Stengel was planning on living with Eddie Betts next year. They could well be living together in Victoria and just carpooling, maybe down the highway or uh, even uh, around the surf coast in Adams. Uh, come down. And, come uh, down to Batesford. Tyson, Tyson Stengel could be playing in the hoops next year. It'll be a free pickup. He's uh, free to a good home. <laughs> Seriously, if Tyson Stengel and Eddie Betts and their entire families live in Adam Cooney's Batesford <laughs> granny flat, I will pay 10% of their wages. <laughs> Tyson Stengel, he can do his preseason wrestling with the pigs in the pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag armchair experts to get involved at 7AFL. So much to get into. We'll be back this time tomorrow. Mitch, Adam, thank you. Loosen that time, Mitch. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.